While you're making sure today that your children are fed, that they've got something to wear, that they're doing their homework, and that they're protected, Barbara Rainey wants you to remember there is an even higher priority that we should never lose sight of as parents. The number one thing that kids need from a mom and dad is to know how to have an authentic faith for themselves. They need a relationship with Jesus Christ so that they can live for Him and take the message of Christ to their generation. What they need from you is they need to see it. This is Family Life Today. Our host is Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. Your children are going to live forever, just like you are. That's why their spiritual condition is the most important thing we need to be focusing on as parents. We'll talk more about that today with Dennis and Barbara Rainey. Stay with us. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. So one of the great things about learning about parenting from parents who have already done it is they've made the mistakes you don't have to make, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wish it were that easy. <laughs> well, we were parents. We still are parents, by the way. Right. But, but we were parents in the thick of it for 28 straight years. Six children, now all adults, now all married, lots of grandkids, raising their own crew. And I have to tell you, Bob, my hat goes off to them. Mm -hmm. I think they're raising this generation in much more challenging days than we ever thought about. We've been taking time this week, and, and your wife, Barbara, is joining us. Barbara, welcome back. Thank you, Bob. We are talking about parenting because you guys have just finished a book called The Art of Parenting. The book is... Uh, is really the centerpiece of what has become a parenting initiative here at Family Life. It led to the video series, The Art of Parenting, that churches are starting to use in small groups. People are using this in their living room with their neighbors, inviting them over for dinner and going through the video series. And this is what led to the movie that we produce called Like Arrows, which is also going to be available very soon for people to purchase and to watch. I know a lot of our listeners did not get a chance to see it in theaters. They've been asking me, when does it come out on DVD? We'll have news for you about that soon. But your book, The Art of Parenting, is really the headwaters for all that we've been talking about here. And we're spending time helping parents understand what their kids need from them. And you put these needs in the forms of tweets, and we've already covered half of your list of 10 tweets. You want to go back through the uh, first five that we I covered? I think it might be good. Yeah. Except it starts with 10. So well, it's okay, the so first five. But we're, it's... we're counting down till we get to number one. <laughs> and I'll, I'll avoid using all 288 characters on every one of these that you can butt in whenever you want to, honey, and you can say as much as you want. <laughs> Aren't you nice? <laughs> <laughs> no, the listeners demand it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> number 10, it's a home that's not child-centric. Your kids need the home they grow up in not to revolve around them. Exactly. Number nine, it's a home led by intentional and purposeful parents. means parents who are really thinking through where are they taking their kids mm -hmm. and what is the target that they're going to release their arrow to. Not just in the moment, but you're thinking long-term and strategically with your kids. Yeah, you're thinking, why are we doing what we're doing? What's our goal? Mm -hmm. Where are we headed? All right, what else? Number eight. A secure home. And security is different than an alarm system. It's the security of a mom and dad who are committed to one another and who are committed to following Jesus Christ. It's emotional security. And, Barbara, mm -hmm. that goes beyond a mom and a dad being together. It's part of how we communicate to our kids. 
it's safe here for you mm-hmm. to be who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And mom and dad model that by being committed to one another and having a love relationship with one another that spills over to their kids, and their kids feel that. They feel that security and that freedom to be who they are. Number seven, parents who pray together every day. I believe this more than ever. Parenting is a spiritual battle. Marriages and families are taking place on a spiritual battlefield today that is unseen. But you are in a battle over your child's soul. And let me just say, in August, we launched a a 30-day parenting prayer challenge where moms and dads can sign up and get a prayer prompt every day that will give them things to be praying for for their children, and it's not too late to sign up for that. You can go to familylifetoday.com, give us your email address, and every day for the next 30 days, we'll send you a prayer prompt, and you can be praying together for your kids. Number six, your child or children need parents who don't freak out when their children fail, caught lying, stealing, cheating, kissing underneath the steps <laughs> you keep at, coming back to church. that one. <laughs> <laughs> we know it happens <laughs> sneaking out of the house like i did when i was a teenager hiding things making stupid choices doing drugs and even more the point is they need parents who don't freak out when they're when they're developing a faith of their own and parents can be a shock absorber a safe place to share their doubts okay we're to number 5 so, Barbara, what's the uh, as, as we count down to number one, what's the number five tweet here? So, f- tweet number five is, parents who embrace God-given differences as male and female. And the tweet goes on to say, men and women are made in the image of God, and yet we're very different. Your children need to see you relating to one another, working together as a team, and modeling maleness and femaleness. We're going to talk more about this as we continue to talk about your book, but our kids need to understand their own identity, mm-hmm. their own sense of the fact that God made them male or female and what that means. And part of the way they they understand that is by seeing a mom and dad understand what it is to be a man or a woman and then model that for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the best place for them to find that out. Not out in the world, not from the school teacher or the kids on the playground, their first and most important image of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman needs to come from mom and dad at home, seeing mom and dad relate to one another day in and day out, year after year after year. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do it perfectly. No, of course not. But you just have to know. And you won't. (laughs) No, you sure won't. But you have to have enough of an idea of what is manhood and how is it different than being a a woman and womanhood. God began the book, the best-selling book in history, the Bible, with a very clear statement that there were two sexes, male and female, not three, not 60, like Facebook may suggest, but two different sexes who were uniquely imbued with the image of God. And those distinctives of being a man, being a woman, were meant to complement one another, especially in marriage. Well, and and this is something I know both of you spent a lot of time thinking about, (laughs) looking at the scriptures, praying about, reading broadly on this subject, because there is not only confusion in the culture about this, but it's also easy for us to import cultural Mm -hmm. definitions of manhood and womanhood in and try to 
wrap some Bible verses around that. You're not trying to encourage moms and dads to follow a stereotype when it comes to manhood and womanhood, right? We aren't. And actually, that chapter where we talk most about this was the hardest one we wrote, and it was the one we finished last, because it is such a complicated and complex subject. And what we did in that chapter, and what what we hope will be communicated as you read the book, is we went back to Genesis and looked at what was there in the beginning. And God doesn't tell us a lot, but there's enough there that we can begin to understand what his purpose was for men, what his purpose is for women, and how he made us different and how we complement one another. And there's purpose and order and all kinds of things that help us begin to understand what a woman is and what she's supposed to do and what a man is and what he's supposed to do. So, as parents feel the tension of addressing these issues— I'm going to promise you, uh, as an adult, you know a whole lot more than your child does growing up in the culture that he or she is growing up in because there is a ton of confusion out there. Mm -hmm. And your children need to hear it straight from a parent who is embracing or doing their best to embrace what it means to be a Christ follower as a woman, what it means to be a follower of Christ as a man, and just to speak into a young lad's life or a young lady's life and give them a sense of security of what that looks like and also what it feels like. Yeah, they need to hear it from you, but they also need to see it in you. They need to see mom being feminine and Mm -hmm. dad being masculine and being unashamed of those traits. The fourth uh, tweet in our top 10 countdown to number one is one that Barbara needs to comment on, not me. Children need a mom who is a nurturer, lover, and a vigilant protector of her children. Your kids' souls need to be nourished by a mom who understands her indispensability, and moms are indispensable. Mamas love and believe in and defend and rescue and encourage and fight for their children like no one else on earth. So be there for them. And it's the whole idea of being invested in your child. And moms, because we give birth to these kids, because we pour our lives into these children, because we believe in them and we love them and we care for them, we we want the best for them. And Sometimes you have to fight for them, like a mama bear does her cubs. And that's what your kids need from you. They need you to fight for them, for what's best for them, uh, for what they need, not just to give them the best privileges. That's that's not what I mean by fighting for them, but I mean fighting to protect them. One of the stories I tell in the book is how I was vigilant about the messages and the images that came into my kids' eyes and into their heads and into their hearts. And so I monitored television like a hawk and we we watched very little of it and it was highly supervised. Um, and let me and, just say there was a cry in the land oh, that yeah. went out from the kids. <laughs> Weeping and moaning, wailing. <laughs> it was, this is unfair. Our friends don't have to do this. No one is like us. Oh, but, but there were others that were like us. Yeah. But you still did it. But I still did it because I I knew that enough about my children to know that they didn't have the ability to process some of that stuff that was visually presented to them on television or in movies and even in music, in certain kinds of music. And so I wanted them to not experience some of that until they were mature enough to process it and understand it as an adult. So that was one of the ways that I protected my kids. Okay, so let me ask you, because some of our listeners are dads raising their kids on their own. Mm -hmm. Mom's not there. 
either because of death or divorce. There's not a mom in the home to be the vigilant defender and protector and guardian. What does that dad do? I think he looks for um, some very influential mentors and women who can nurture his children in a way that's appropriate in a relationship going forward. You're going to find those folks not out in the marketplace, but in the church. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't do it casually. I do it after a lot of prayer. And uh, I would interview a few folks, and I would make sure the person or the woman that I selected, or a couple of women maybe, really emerged as those who had something to say to the next generation of children. This could be a teacher at school. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody who's working with the youth group at church. And, right. and And you just give them a heads up and say, hey, my son's in the youth group. We don't have a mom in the home you could have influence in this area and and just kind of nudge them to help you out here a little bit. Well, and I think it could be a relative, too. I think there are a lot of grandparents in this generation who are stepping in and providing those those missing links mm-hmm. um, because there are so many families that are split by divorce or the death of a spouse. And so there are a lot of grandparents, and I know people our age, aunts and uncles of kids who are doing that, too. So I think there are lots of opportunities out there. You just need to ask God to guide you. Yeah, and we just have to say here, because of the climate we live in, you mm-hmm. you want to do this with eyes wide open because mm-hmm. to have an opposite sex mentor for mm-hmm. your son or even a same sex mentor for your daughter who's not a part of the family, you just want to make sure that mm-hmm. you've done the vetting you're talking about, Dennis, and that you don't leave that relationship unattended. I totally agree. You know, I, I was reflecting back as we've been talking about this one, just uh, how I'd come home some days and Barbara had done a great job of being each of these words, nurturer, lover, a vigilant protector of her children. And she was worn out. (laughs) She was toast. Mm -hmm. She was emotionally frazzled and on some occasions emotionally tied up in knots. And at the dinner table, we would just call a timeout. We'd still eat. But I'd say, okay, kids, we're going to go around the table. And we're going to all share what you like most about your mom. And I'll tell you why I did this. I wanted the female for our kids to look up to, to be in our home, to be Barbara. I wanted to be her cheerleader because she was doing a lot of great stuff. Did she do it perfectly? No, I I wasn't the perfect father. But they'd go around the table, and by the time we finished that little cheerleading session with six voices chiming out, and the youngest usually said, because she shares her toys with me, (laughs) you know, that was always the standard answer by the youngest one. I felt like it not only boosted Barbara and back into her assignment as a mom who was tirelessly serving the kids and their needs, but it also esteemed her because there aren't many, there's just not much applause. I read a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that was talking about how mothers who are leaving the workplace are finding that becoming a mom at home is far harder than they ever thought or ever imagined. And I thought, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I hard work. Told them that. <laughs> harder than the workplace at work. Home is a tough place to do life, but it's a place of value. Well, your assignment to have everybody verbalize what they like most about mom not only lifted Barbara's spirits, but it forced your kids to put words to yeah. and to acknowledge and to recognize 
Mom is pretty valuable, and I'm pretty glad I've got her around, and that's not a bad discipline to get your kids in. And there's not many times when kids go, hey, Mom. That was great. Yeah. Way to go. Thanks for right. disciplining me. You thanks, know? thanks for saying no that I can't watch that TV yeah, show. Right. Thanks yeah. for spanking me. I know you're looking out for my best interest, Mom. Yeah, yeah thanks for all of that. All What's right. tweet number three? Tweet number three, kids need a dad who is a servant leader, a protector, and provider. And what we talk about here is how your children need to, to see what a real man does, how he pursues a relationship with God his wife, and his children. I think this is a a tough assignment, Bob, because modeling humble leadership of being a servant leader is really demands death to self. And I remember going home on more than one occasion. I didn't want to die anymore. Hmm. I didn't want to die to self. I wanted to go home and live for myself. But I think to have the kind of home you're going to have to have today, you need to recognize your kids need to see a dad who can demonstrate what self-denial looks like, love his wife, but also love his kids. And Barbara, again, in this culture, there are a lot of kids going home to homes without a dad. And the same advice applies here. Mm -hmm. It's good to have coaches or youth group leaders or some uncles, Mm -hmm. some grandparents who can come along and model for your sons and your daughters what godly manhood looks like. Exactly, because that's, they, they need to see it. And honestly, they need to see it, most importantly, of course, with their dad. But they need glimpses of what it looks like with other men. And so great coaches are have always been highly influential with young men. And so are teachers. There are stories, tons of stories about teachers who have changed the life of students. So be involved in um, your kids and where they are and try to get the right, the right teacher for your child. Try to get your kid involved in an activity that has a really good coach that you know will model some things for your son or even for your daughter that will make a difference in, in their life. Mm-hmm. School choice is always a uh, debatable point uh, between Moms and dads. There's controversy there. But also between families. You and I, Bob, have done a lot of radio over the last 26 years talking about the the school choice issue. And uh, Barbara and I talked a lot about this. And I remember as a dad just thinking, I am called to be uh, my children's protector. And as we send them to the public school, which is what we chose to do after much prayer, much discussion, and a lot of doubt, by the way, I realized that if I was going to protect them by sending them there, I had to be engaged at a far deeper level Mm -hmm. than if I sent them to, quote, unquote, a safer place. It was interesting what that extracted. Uh, Meetings with teachers around delicate subjects that they were uh, wanting to teach our children and we didn't agree with and needing to handle that in a diplomatic way in front of our kids— I'm a person of conviction, and, you know, I don't mind sharing my convictions, but we've always got to be loving. And uh, as a dad, we can be protectors and do that in a shepherding way that is peaceful and uh, can protect our kids as they go into harm's way. Okay, we're talking about what kids need from moms and dads as we're raising our children. This is from your new book, The Art of Parenting, and we're down to tweet number two. Tweet number two is, parents who have surrendered to Christ because of his sacrificial love. And there is really nothing more important for a mom and a dad 
as we've hinted to and mentioned previously, than for a mom and a dad to be surrendered to Christ. Because if you are, He is your master, and you are following what He has to say, and you're studying the Bible to find out what He has to say about parenting and what He's called you to do in your marriage and what He's called you to do with your kids, too. And so, that creates a stability in and of itself because you are not doing this flippantly. You're not raising them casually, but you you understand the weight and the importance that God has put on you to raise the next generation so that your kids might grow up and be Christ followers, so that they might take him to their generation. And so that weight gives you the impetus to want to do well and to do it God's way. The other way we could turn this around and say it is kids don't need a mom and a dad who are the blind leading the blind. You've got to know where God's leading you and then take your kids in that direction. You know, Bob, we're watching a generation of young people who are leaving the church when they graduate from high school. And uh, at least for the present time, they're not coming back. And there's a lot of people asking the question, why is this happening? I believe when your children do not see a faith that matches up with what you practice at church, with what you're doing at home, there's a divorce that occurs. It's a divorce that a child tries to reconcile in his mind. Why is it that mom and dad say they believe this at church, but they live like this at home? And so that's not reconcilable to a child. But after 18 years, the reality is glaring. The parents don't have, they're not really in love with Jesus Christ. And if you go back to the scriptures, Deuteronomy chapter 6, there's so much wisdom in this. Listen to me. God commanded to the nation of Israel through Moses. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And you shall teach your children the same thing. Pass it on. You can't pass on what you don't possess. Children today desperately need to see their moms and dads attempt to be Christ followers. Why do I say it attempt? Because you're not going to do it perfectly. You are going to fail. And you're going to have to turn on more than one occasion and ask your kids to forgive you for being a poor model. I did that. Barbara did that. We'll talk more in this series from The Art of Parenting about that. But I think more than ever, children today need to see their parents with an authentic faith. A love for God and Christ that, again, is not perfect, but it doesn't quit. It's not a one day a week for one hour. It's an attempt to live for Christ and for his purposes and glory seven days a week. Okay, so we've been going through our top ten countdown. We're all the way to number one. So the uh, the top of the list for parents, the thing kids, would you say this is what kids need most from a mom and dad? Yeah, that's why we put it number one, actually. Yeah. (laughs) And the number one thing that kids need from a mom and dad is to know how to have an authentic faith for themselves. They need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's your ultimate goal as a mom and dad. And so what they need from you is they need to know how to do that. And as Dennis was just talking about, you'll need to ask your kids to forgive you more than once. I thought, yeah, like about 100 times more than once (laughs) or per kid. (laughs) And that's how your children know that it's an authentic relationship. And that's how they know, oh, when I mess up, when I make a mistake, when I do something wrong— I can go to God and talk to him because my mom and dad have showed me how to do that. They've done it with me. I've watched them do it with each other. That's just such a normal part of our family life 
that they don't think anything about it. They know, oh, I can go talk to God about this problem. I can take my concerns and my fears to God because we've been doing that my whole life. Mm-hmm. So the goal, the number one goal, is to lead your children to Christ so that they can live for Him and take the message of Christ to their generation. What they need from you is they need to see it. And we can't guarantee There's not a formula here to make sure that your kids are going to follow Christ, but we can be faithful to what God's called us to. That's right. We didn't do it perfectly. We've already said that. But what we did attempt to model is a word we don't talk about much, certainly within the Christian community. It's the word repent. And repent means you turn and do a 180. Turn from going the wrong way to turn to God and admit you've been going the wrong way, and go his way. That's what children need to see. That's what children need to hear. How do you do that? Because you know they're going to fail. You know they're going to sin. They need to know, how do I handle my sin as a a follower of Christ going forward? Are you guys, I I assume you're okay with us putting these top 10 tweets on our website at familylifetoday.com. Absolutely. So that parents could Mm -hmm. download this, they could look at this, and they could have dialogue, conversation about how are we doing in these areas? What needs adjustment? And what I would say here at the, the close of the broadcast, if you haven't taken a look at the Art of Parenting video series, it's for small groups. It's for a pair of parents to get together with four or five other couples and to experience community and to go through content that's going to open you up to talk to other parents, you need to do this. There are going to be hundreds of thousands of homes and maybe millions of children impacted by the parents who go through this brand new video series. And if you're looking for a way to grow and apply what we've talked about here, This is how you do it. Yeah. There is a version of the Art of Parenting video series that's available as an online course that moms and dads can go through together for free. You can find out more about that on our website at familylifetoday.com. We think it's probably best for you to get together with other parents and go through the video series together. Uh, have the workbook, interact, uh, talk about the issues you're facing as parents, and help one another in the process. So find out about the Art of Parenting Small Group Kit when you go to FamilyLifeToday.com as well. And then, of course, your new book, The Art of Parenting, is going to be here any day. If folks want to uh, pre-order a copy of the book, they can go to FamilyLifeToday.com to pre-order, or they can call 1-800-FL-TODAY to get on the list to receive the book as soon as it arrives. Again, the website, FamilyLifeToday.com, or call 1-800-358-6329. 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word TODAY. You know, if you are a regular Family Life Today listener, if you've been on our website and looked at the articles that are available, the resources we have there, if you have been to any of our events, or if you've used any of the the materials that Family Life has produced and created, you need to thank one of our legacy partners, Family Life Today Legacy Partners, and those of you who donate from time to time to support this ministry, you are the ones who make all that we do here at Family Life possible. There are hundreds of thousands of people who have engaged with us today around parenting, all because of you. And so on behalf of all who have listened today and throughout this week and this month and this year, those who have been online, those who have been to our events, we just want to say thank you for your partnership with the Ministry of Family Life today. We couldn't do what we do 
without you. And if you're a regular listener and you've never made a donation to support Family Life today, let me just say, we want to make sure that as you think about giving to our ministry, you don't do anything to take away from your financial support of your local church. Giving to your local church needs to be your number one priority when it comes to financial support. But beyond that, if you're able to help with ministries like ours, we'd love to have you be a part of the Family Life team. You can donate online at familylifetoday.com, or you can call 1-800-FL-TODAY to donate. And if you make a donation this month, we'd like to send you as a thank you gift a book from our friend Brian Loritz called The Cross Shaped Gospel, powerful new book that Brian has written. We'd love to get a copy in your hands. You can request it when you donate at familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to make a donation. And again, thanks for your support of the ministry. And we hope you have a great weekend. Hope you and your family are able to worship together in your local church this weekend. And I hope you can join us back on Monday when we're going to meet D.A. and Alicia Horton. This is a couple who, if you had met them during the first year of their marriage, or during their courtship for that matter, you'd have thought, no way can this couple survive as husband and wife. But they've learned some things along the way, and they'll be here to share that with us. Hope you can be here as well. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back Monday for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a crew ministry. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.